Bokatov, welcome back to another in our ongoing series of Shiori Mandafyomi. We are in the middle of our analysis of the Mishnah that is on Daf Tzadi um, Dalet Amun Aleph, stretching into Amun Bet. We're going to look today at the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, who made the somewhat enigmatic comment, Kol she posel idei acherim, posel idei atzmo, v'chol she ein posel idei acherim, ein posel idei atzmo. And as promised, now we, the Gemara will analyze it, so on Daf Tzadi Hey Amud Bet, my Kamar Rabbi Yosi. Where I could simply ask, what does he mean? Ilay Mud Kamar Tanakama. In other words, is responding. So we have to first explain what Tanakama said and what he meant, and then Rabbi Yosi is disagreeing with him. Remember, we've been playing the whole time with the notion of uh, of the bia of the man with his wife's sister, because he thought the wife was dead not invalidating a return of his wife to the marriage, um, even though it would be a case where she had gone off with his new wife's husband, and they thought he was dead also, and that she would be invalidated to return to her husband. In other words, the same event and the same bia would have not opposite but very different effects because of the nature of the, because of the effect of Ne'emanut. Right, good. So we say that Tanakama said the Azil Ishtovigisum Dinatayam Ashid Kisuasiravishto Asharya. So Tanakama said that if uh his own wife and her brother in law, meaning her sister's husband, went off to Bindinatayam and we heard that they were dead, so he married the sister. Ashid Kisuasuravishto Sharya. That he can marry he can go back to his uh, his wife. Uh but nonetheless the the second wife that he had Bia with cannot return to her husband, because that's a classic, classic case of Halach Balam Dilatayam. The Kamala Rabiosi, and Rabiosi responded, And Rabiosi is saying, No, we have to equate the two, and therefore, since he can return to his wife, even though he had Bia with her sister, similarly, his sister in, his sister in law, who was the attempted second wife, can return to her husband. So, then all that Rabbi should have said was the second half of the equation, which is anyone who is not posalidecherim is not posal himself. That's what he. That's actually what he, what he should have said, not but rather since his own bia with this woman is not post-sell for himself to his, have his wife back, therefore it can't also be it also equally cannot be post-sell for the other relationship. That's what it should have said. So that can't be what he meant. Maybe we want to flip it and say Tanakama said that Eshet Giso is Asur and he is Mutar. So maybe Rabbi Yossi meant, no, maybe they're both Asur. Just like Eshet Giso Asira, Eshet Nami Asira, so then, then that would explain the first half of his phrase, which is anyone who is posel, but what is he saying the second half? Because that's a kula. That's saying that if he's not posel, he's not posel, that has no place here. So we have two explanations as to what Rabbi Yossi meant. Amravami, number one, Aresha. He says, going back on the first Mishnah, it has nothing to do with the case of of the sister, Aresha. In the first mission we said that if the husband goes off and we think he's dead and the wife marries, and the husband comes back, 
then she has to leave her husband. She cannot be with him. If she married Al Piedim, then she has to leave. This is on Mishnah Bet, that the, 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 the value of marrying Al Piedim is that she and the, and the person who she thought was going to be her new husband are put to Minakorban. Now, the Kamar Tanakam and the Tanakam then added to that. Lo shnau ashna al pi edim de eshigiso asira asharia. I don't care. I'm not distinguishing between a case where it's al pi shnei edim, where she is allowed to return because we said that's the case of onus. Velo shnau al pi beitin de eshigiso asira. It's all the same whether or not it's pi al pi shnei edim, in which case she's totally anus and can return to her husband, or al pi edachad where she cannot. Nonetheless, in either case. The in the wife sister scenario, it's mutter. If it was based on on beitin, meaning that this woman who is his wife's sister heard that her husband died, and therefore she married her what she thought is her dead sister's husband, um, and he said therefore. In that case, because she is not allowed to marry her husband, therefore she also has to leave here. However, if it's Alpiedim, where where um, she can go back to her husband, so also this man can go have his wife come back, even though he had relations with her sister. So Rami says that that Rabiosi's formula is not really relating directly to our Mishnah, but it's an add-on to the earlier Mishnah, saying that Tanakama distinguished and said that al pi edim, she can go back to her husband, and al pi atzmo, she can't, al pi, sorry, al pi beitin, she can't, and, but in the case of the wife's sister, she can always return. But he said, no, the wife's sister scenario follows along the lines of the other scenario. Rabbi Yitzchak Nafchamar, he had a different take. He said, it's referring to our Mishnah, right? In other words, it depends on whether the woman who went off with his brother-in-law, meaning he's got a woman, we'll talk about what his relationship with her is, she's got a sister and her husband. So her husband and his wife or fiancé went on a journey and were reported dead. So it depends. If it was his fiancé and his brother-in-law, then it's one case. But if it's his full wife and brother-in-law, then it's different. Tanakama said, I don't care who she is, because meaning, a man is betrothed. His fiancée's sister has a husband. She's married. She has a husband. That husband and his fiancée go off on a journey and the reported is dead. The man then takes her sister, and then they both come back alive. Tanakama says, in either case, the sister cannot return to her husband, but this man may return to his fiancé or to his wife. Tanakama does not distinguish. Right? When it was his full wife who went off with the brother-in-law, and they were reported dead, and when they come back, everybody understands that his relationship afterwards with his sister was just a mistake. Nobody would say that the original Kiddushin were Batel, Therefore, he says, um, this the the woman now may, the sister may now return to her husband also. Arusatovigiso, however, if she was only a, an, his fiance, because then one, somebody might argue 
that his that the kedushin that he has with this girl who went off on a journey were on condition, and I'll make up an easy condition, which are if I don't come back in a month, the kedushin are off. People would think that there was such a thing, and therefore, when he married the sister, he married the sister based on the notion that she was now single because her husband was dead, but also based on the fact that there was a tenai in the original kedushin, and she is not his wife's sister; she's just a uh, woman who just became widowed and no relation to him. And therefore, because she cannot return to her husband, um, his original wife cannot return to him. That's what Rabbi Yossi says. Good. So we have two ways of understanding Rabbi Yossi, and they are very different. To recap, according to Rabbi what Rabbi Yossi is talking about is only a case of a full wife. And what he's saying is that it depends on how the report came. Did the report come based on one aid and the baiting saying they can marry? In which case, we equate the two and we say... That if the husband and the the, uh, the other wife shows up, that uh, that everybody is also to each other, and if it was based on shnei edim, then they're all mutter to each other. That's Ravami. Rav Yitzchak Nafcha says no. It's referring to our our case in our Mishnah, and it's distinguishing between whether the woman who went off, meaning the man's original wife, was his arusa, in which case there'd be reason to think that there was really a conditional kedushin that got cancelled, and that's why he married the sister, and therefore when she comes back. He does have to divorce her, um, um, and and therefore we don't allow them to resume relations. Or a case of Ishto, in which case everybody's going to be muttered to each other. Now, I'm reviewing on Shmuel. This is where it gets tricky. Halacha Korbiosi. He said Halacha Korbiosi. He said Halacha Korbiosi about our Mishnah. That we know. However, what did he mean about that, and how does that sit with other rulings of Shmuel will be the problem so we'll occupy us till the Mishnah. Matkar of Yosef. So Yosef said, and we have our Shmuel Achis, and when could Shmuel say Allah of Yosef? In the context of Yavama, do we relate to her as an Eshadish or not? Rav says yes, Shmuel says not. And we think what that means is that we deal with a Yavama the same way that we deal with an Eshadish as far as hearing a report that somebody de- died. She acted based on it, and then what the consequences are when it turns out he's not dead. And why do we think that? Because the Amar Rav Huna, Rav Huna, who was a student of both Rav and Shmuel, mainly of Rav, explains what the Machlokot is about. A man was Makadish a woman. And the man who was Makadish went off on a journey. And then the word came back that he had died. So the brother did Yibum. And then the, the guy we thought was dead came back. And Rav said she's like an Eshadish, meaning she's not allowed to be with the Avam or with her original husband. And Shmuel said she's not Keshadish. We don't deal with her like an Eshadish, which is a unique case. And when the husband comes back, so then the, uh, she, she is now Mutter uh, to stay with the Avam. So we see with the, that there's a contradiction, because if we read Shmuel as commenting on Rav Yitzchak Nafcha, and saying that a Yevama is not like an Eshadish, which means that we do not deal with them the same way, we don't accept Rav Yossi's formula, etc., then how can Shmuel here say, so then how can Shmuel say, Allah Rav Yossi? So the first answer is Who said he was accepting the second interpretation of Rabiosi's words? This is why Rabiosi's words, being so enigmatic, are are critical here to understand what the, what they mean. 
if we accept Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha's interpretation, then indeed that cuts against saying that a Yevama is not like an Eshadish, because according to Yitzchak Nafcha, this kind of case is exactly should be dealt with like an Eshadish, according to Rabbi Yossi. So Dilma Rabbi Yami Kamar, but Rabbi says maybe Rushmuel accepted Rabbi Yami's interpretation of Rabbi Yossi's statement, and Rabbi Yossi was not referring at all to this case, but referring simply to the issue of whether the report comes back based on one aid and Beitin or two Eidim. And by the way, Abayi says, but even if we say that Shmuel was following Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha's interpretation, who says that he was accepting the full force of Rabbi Yossi's statement? Rabbi Yossi said two things. Maybe all he was saying was Allah Rabbi Yossi in the lenient side, which is to say that in any circumstance where you're not posted you're not posted which means that in a case in which she was married, Rabbi Yossi is lenient and says, not only can the original wife return to her husband, but this woman who was her sister can return to her husband. Inami, there's another way to answer it. Who says Rav Huna's interpretation of Rav and Shmuel's Machloket is, is correct. Remember, Rav just said, an Eshet Ish is like, Ivam is like an Eshet Ish, Shmuel says she's not like an Eshet Ish. Who says that that's about a case of going off and getting a report of somebody dying, etc., which is our sugya? Maybe Rav Huna's interpretation or, or tradition is incorrect. Maybe Rav and Shmuel are simply disagreeing about whether to accept Rav Hamnuna's dictum. A Shemert Yavam, who has his nut, who has relations outside of the family before anything takes place, Rav Amnuna says she's also to the Avam. That Rav accepts it and says she's like an Eshet Ish who had Bio at, uh, away from her husband, and therefore she's also to her husband. Same thing, also to the Avam. And Shmuel would say, no, I don't accept Rav Amnuna. And if a Shemert Yavam has Bio with somebody else, she's not Nifsalah to the family. Minami, then another possibility is Now, this is very attractive. Because we know that Rav and Shmuel already have this machloket. We have back, had it back on Tzadi and Tzadi Aleph, famous sugya, where Rav says, En kiddushin tovsin b'yavama, and Shmuel says, Ba'aniyutenu, if you recall, Tzricha get misafik. We're not sure whether kiddushin or tovsin, and therefore we make her have a get. And so therefore, the Rav Amaharei Keshadish, for the kiddushin, you go up to a woman who's married to somebody else and give her kiddushin, it's meaningless. Same thing, if you give kiddushin to yavama, it's meaningless. So Rav says, yavama's keshadish. Now, what's unattractive about this is the answer, is that Shmuel, in the original formulation, didn't say she's not Keshadish, he said we don't know. But it would be the same effect as she's not Keshadish, meaning we have to be concerned that Kedushin are valid here and, and require a get. This is the other thing that's unattractive. Rav and Shmuel already disagreed about whether or not Kedushin Tovzim the answer is, You're right, is that they had a machloket, the basic machloket on Daf Tzadi Aleph, about whether or not Kedushan Tofes be Yavama. And the result of that is to say, Aha, Yavama is Keshadish, Yavama is not Keshadish. Rabu says, Kedushan Tofes be Yavama, says, Therefore you see, Yavama is like an Eshadish. Shmuel says, Misafek, they might be, therefore you see, Yavama is not like an Eshadish. Good. Okay, the next Mishnah is really two Mishnayot. One of them is Mishnah Hay, and it is a uh, an intricate Mishnah with next to no Gemara on it, 
And the next one is a short Mishnah, Mishnah Vav, which, is, uh, which will occupy the rest of our attention in this podcast. So the Mishnah goes as follows. Amrulo meta ishtacha. On the page that I put out, the, fra- the, the acrostic PS refers to paternal sister, and MS refers to maternal sister. Just one heads up is that we have to remember that a, uh, a, uh, the Isser of Achot Ishto applies to a maternal or paternal sister. However, it's possible to have, let's say there's a, a woman. Well, we'll get to it in the Mishnah. So a man gets the word that his wife died. He married her paternal sister. Now that is also if she's really alive. But right in the meantime, they think she's dead. Meta. And then the word came that this sister died. Now he went and married the second wife's maternal sister, who, if you think about it, has no relation whatsoever to his original wife. And then this sister died, and he went and married her maternal sister, right, which means she has no relation to the second wife. And then he went, that, that fourth wife uh, was reported as, died, as dead, and he went and married somebody who was her paternal sister, who of course has no relationship with either wife number three or wife number one. And turns out they're all alive. The whole thing was a mistake. This, of course, is a highly unlikely and probably never happened case, but it's going to teach us a principle. He may then resume his life with, because based on the earlier principle, that he may resume his married life with the first wife, and with the third wife, who's not related in any way to her, and with the fifth wife, who's not related to either one of them in any way. And they're fully married, such that if... Um, if uh, the man dies and one of them has Bia with the brother, then the rest of them are Patur. In other words, it's a full, proper marriage. And of course, he's not allowed to have relations with the second or fourth wife because each one of them is a uh, paternal sister to one of his wives. And if for some reason he would die and then one of the brothers would take the second or fourth wife and have be with them that would not exempt the rest of the family because they're not proper wives. There's no kiddush in there. Now, let's say that they all came back and they're all there and they're trying to figure out what to do and then the first one really dies. Uh, and then he has Bia with the second one. In that case, what happens? Now, he is allowed to maintain that relationship with the second one and with the fourth one, who's not related in any way to the second one, all right, or and a full marriage, so that if uh, they, he would die and the brother would have beer with one of them, and pata the tzarot, he's not allowed of relations with the third or fifth wife, who each one of them is a maternal sister to the one he now has his wives. And neither one of those are in any way valid. So that's the Mishnah. I'll take a quick peek at the Gemara. Just to cover one line. After all, the Mishnah used a term uh, in, uh, in, in, in an equivocal sense. It talked about Mita as a report of death, and it talked about Mita as real death. Because Amrulo Meta Ishtachai, and every one of these things happened after reported death of a previous wife. So then, how come it says in the second clause of the Mishnah, 
which uh, it says, uh, Well, they all happen right? The answer is, What we mean is, and I already mentioned this in the Mishnah, is that if he had Bia with the second wife after conclusively the first wife died for real, then all of this thing would play in, into place. Good. Now, the next Mishnah deals with the status of a bentesha shanim v'yemechad. We generally say that a girl, and this is a sugya basically nida, although it, apply, it, it certainly appears here in Yevamot, is that a girl, we've already seen it, a girl from the age of three on is re'uya labia, and therefore the bia of anybody with a girl who's three years old and up counts as bia, both as far as onshin goes, at least from his perspective, and as far as Kenyan goes. The same thing applies to a boy who's already nine years old and up. However, he's obviously not an adult. So Ben Teshashonim V'yamechad, a boy who's 10, 9 years old, who posts Salideachim, he can invalidate the other brothers, right? meaning his Biyah. The other brothers invalidate him also, meaning, remember after the general rule, is that if one of the brothers acts in any way, any of the four Yibum acts, which are Yibum, the minor form of Yibum, or the preface to it, which is Ma'amar, the major rejection, which is Chalitza, and the other rejection, which is Get, which puts you in the direction of Chalitza, but you still need Chalitza, those are the four Yibum acts. So if, the, if he does, at this point it seems, any of the four Yibum acts, he invalidates the other brothers from having anything to do with them. If any brother gives a girl a Get or Chalitza, she's out. If he gives her a Get, she has to get Chalitza, but she can no longer have Yibum. If a brother gives Mamar, then that means that all the other brothers are knocked out of the out of the running, and he's the only brother who can now act, and either then he gives a get lamamar and chalitza, or he does yibum. And so that's true whether the nine-year-old acts or the older brothers act. Ella, so what's the difference between him and the older brothers? Who poselt chilav, achin poselint chilav asof. He can posel only if he's the first brother to act. They can posel whether they act before him or after him. Kate side, and now the Kate side's confusing. If he had Bia with his Yivamah, he invalidates her from being with any of the other brothers. If the other brothers, any one of the other brothers had Bia with her, or did any of the other three Yibum acts, so we have confusion here, because in the first clause that explains what the difference is, is they use the term Tchilavasof, and in the second clause, where they explain what Tchilavasof is, they don't relate anymore to sequence, but rather to the range of acts, where the young, the nine-year-old, only is effective through Bia, and the other ones are effective through any of the four acts. Good, so let's see how it plays out. Skip the next line, we already covered in the Gemara. Is it true that a nine-year-old cannot be post-cell after one of the brothers have acted? An adult brother does ma'amar. And then his younger brother, who's nine or older, when we say nine or older, we mean between nine and thirteen, nine and simonim, whatever, has biothurp salah, which means his act, this nine-year-old's act, after one of the brothers has acted, is meaningful. So Amri, so this is how we explain it. That the bia of this uh, brother is posel at any point in the sequence, which means now, by the way, the first clause in our Mishnah, or the second clause, really, the explanatory clause, uh, is is difficult because it said only tchilah. We said now bia is posel basof. 
Ma'amar tchila pasal vasoflo pasal. But the ma'amar of a nine-year-old is only posel before the brothers have acted and not afterwards. Ubiya filo vasof pasal? Are you going to tell me that bia is even effective after one of the brothers have acted? What did our Mishnah say? That he's only posted at And then has the rest of our Mishnah. Which, by the way, as we said, is confusing. So the answer, of course, is There's something missing from our Mishnah. We have to flesh it out. And what's, what is it? That line we already had. So now this is what we have to plug in. When is the nine-year-old posel only batchilor? Meaning, in what, what particular act can the nine-year-old do that will only work batchila and the brothers could do it and it'll be posel even afterwards? If he does ma'amar, it only works if none of the brothers have acted. Then it's meaningful. Afterwards, it's meaningless. But bia, it's posel even basof. Ketzad. Nine-year-old has with his Yivama. He's posel. Oh, wait, time out. You're telling me that the, that the nine-year-old, what makes him unique is that he's limited to having his ma'amar be valid only before the brothers have acted. But since when is his ma'amar meaningful at all? He only has one thing that he can posel with, which is bia. But the four, the other brothers have all four. Right, he can only post it with Bia, and the brothers have Bia, Get, Mama, and Chalitza. Which means, the, it sounds like the nine-year-old has only Bia, and none of the other things are even meaningful if he does them. We understand why Chalitza wouldn't be meaningful, because he's not of age. It's the Ish, and we'll see that in the next parak and two parakim from now. So, how can you tell me that the that the... When you say tchilav, you're saying as follows. You're saying that the nine-year-old, his bia is meaningful at any point in this stage. So what is it about him that's only meaningful at the beginning? Ma'amar? His ma'amar shouldn't be meaningful at all. So the answer is bia to paslav That bia, which for him works at any point, psikole. Therefore they said the, the, the nine-year-old has bia, meaning bia at any point. Mamar, they didn't credit to him, not because he has no mamar at all, because his mamar is not powerful to work, enough to work at any point in, this, in the sequence, only at the beginning. So in other words, when we said that the nine-year-old only has one thing, what that means is he has only one thing that will work at any point in the sequence. The other brothers have four things because their things will work at any point in the sequence. Of course, that depends on the issue of Yeshmamar HaMamar, which we're going to touch on at the end of this sugya. Nami, Here we go. Yeshlo get. Right? That the, that the nine-year-old has a get. His get is meaningful. He also has mamar. We have a brighta that says that the nine-year-old's get and mamar are meaningful. Since when can a mayor say a nine-year-old's get is meaningful for Yibum? That the, the famous brighta that says that the bee of a nine-year-old is equated to a mamar of an adult. Romero Mer Asu Chalitza Bentesha Kiget Begadol. And Romero adds another parallel that the Chalitza of a nine year old is enough to be considered like a get of a Godol, which means if a nine year old gives Chalitza, she's not Petura from the family. However, she is now invalidated from ever entering the family and needs a proper Chalitza, either when this kid grows up or else from one of the older brothers. And if Romero really held that a nine year old's get is meaningful, they should have said, 
that the chalitza of a nine-year-old is like his get. You don't need the get of a gadol. The answer is, of course, that the get of a nine-year-old may be meaningful, but it's not as powerful and as effective as the get of a gadol. The answer is he has a get, but his get is small, meaning his get and his ma'amar are less impactful than that of a gadol. And that's where Meir said the chalitza of a nine-year-old is like the get of a gadol. The Rabban Gamliel, now here we go to the famous Machlok at the beginning of uh, the, uh, the uh, parak of Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel says, Ein get a harget. Ein get a harget means, we have to review this, that if one of the brothers gives a get, the next brother giving a get is a meaningless act. So now, When do we say, Rabban Gamliel will say, Ein get a harget means, if a gadol gives a get, then another gadol gives a get, it's meaningless. If a cotton gives a get, another cotton giving a get will be meaningless. But if a cotton gives a get, that's a weak get. And therefore, if the gadol gives a get afterwards, that itself is a stronger get, and it's a meaningful get. And that has implications for grushato and korvat grushato, etc. And according to Rabbanon, disagreed with Rameer and Rabbi Gamliel and said, Yesh get a harget. They'll also agree that there's a limitation. That's only if a gadol gives it after another gadol, it's meaningful. Or even a cotton giving a get after another cotton will be meaningful. But the get of a cotton, meaning this boy who's from nine, somewhere between nine and thirteen, is not meaningful enough to be considered get a get because his get is weaker. And so we see that the phrase that yeshlo get means yes, he has a get, but it's a weaker get. And therefore, we put it all together and say, what does the Mishnah really mean? The Mishnah means that the Bia of a cotton will always be meaningful. A cotton meaning from nine years old and up will always be meaningful. However, he does not, his, his other three acts are not meaningful after any of the brothers have acted because although they are meaningful, they are limited in their impact and therefore cannot trump the stronger act of one of the brothers. And that indeed is the formula of our Mishnah. Tov so will pick up at this point on Daft